I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. What's going on, everyone? Our next guest was the beverage manager at Katana and Tao, to name a few. Growing up in Turkey, she was fascinated with language at an early age, which got her as far as a master's degree in Japanese education. What she originally thought was a sales call from someone she looked up to was actually an interview for a role at Vine Connections. She shares her experiences within the hospitality industry and some fundamentals of sake. Please enjoy my conversation with Dila Lee. Dila, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we just got done with a little tasting with yeah. with Justin. Justin yes. had to go, and and we'll we'll do another episode maybe on his show. Um, I felt I had to stay quiet because you guys were such professionals with your palace, and and every time I do an episode with Justin, I'm learning so much about what like like taking notes on like what does this smell like and taste like and things like that. He has quite the palate. Yes. Like, it's fabulous. It's so cool. And as I was saying, I'm like, you know, that like some of these verb, verbs, verbages yeah, are not in yeah. my, Caramelized you know, bananas. first yeah. Yeah, language. So I'm like, I always like take notes from people. I'm like, he's going to be one of them. So, yeah. so you have a fascinating background. So you're born in Turkey. Yes. But you studied Japanese education. I did. Yeah. And before Justin left, maybe we can ask him next time. I wanted to ask you guys what drew you to Japanese culture in the first place. Yeah, honestly, like it wasn't even um, the culture or anything for oh. me. So my family is an immigrant from. Um, they, my mom was born in Turkey, and she moved to Germany when she was five, and she moved back to Turkey mm-hmm. when she was 18, 19, somewhere around there. So, um, and she was the youngest in the family. So her entire family was there. Um, most of my cousins were born in Germany. So mm-hmm. like everybody in our household, and we have studied German in school too. Wow. Yeah, like um, some of my aunts are married to German men. So it was like a part of our daily life, right? And then I started studying English also in school too. So. Um, when it comes to like years, like looking for college, like what to study, I didn't want to study another, like I would say European language, mm. right? Like everyone speaks like English almost pretty well everywhere in the world. I didn't want to like focus more like studying a field maybe and like a, focusing on German on that. Like one of my cousins, like he became an engineer, like but he studied the whole thing in Germany mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in German language. You know, so uh, he works for a German company in Turkey. Mm. Like, I just like always. You always wanted to stand out. Languages. I liked languages. I was never good with like really math. Going back to like being a beverage director and making money and making sure the costs and cogs are in line. But you know, those like came with the challenges later that I like wanted to learn more. But before it wasn't in my interest. I did not. I wasn't drawn into science or biology. But it was like always the languages and. 
there was a really good school that was like French. There was another school that was Chinese, but it was like on the other side of the country, not quite where I wanted to live. And one of my cousins, she was actually uh, working for a company that also owned the Toyota in mm. Turkey, that partnership. And she was like, I'm telling you, the future is Japanese. in either Japanese or Chinese. So uh, the school, the Japanese school was um, closer to where I was at. Like it was closer to Istanbul. Mm. And um, it was not in the most popular city, but it was in a very beautiful city. And like, you know, most of my friends stayed in Istanbul and like, you know, some of them went to cooler places. And like I told my parents, if I'm going there, I am going to have my own apartment, you know? Otherwise I'm not going like, I don't want to be friends with no one. I hate that city and stuff. But like, I wanted to study Japanese and it's quite interesting because the first day you go to school and all you know that like you got into the school first of all you need to get yeah they only accept um back then 20 people each year yeah and these are schools dedicated to language yeah that's insane we don't have that here (laughs) it's it's quite interesting actually like literally they every all the professors are from japan Um. and the first day you go there and all you know is like konnichiwa and like some Japanese words that like you're so excited, right? And um, I remember the first day, uh, the head of the department, Kondo Sensei, she came and she like took a few steps up and then uh, she started talking to Japanese straight. This lady talked about like got 15 minutes in Japanese. And all we, 20 of us in that room, got was konnichiwa from it. <laughs> like, what is really going on? Everybody's looking at each other. And the person who was translating for her said that pretty much what Kondo Sensei said is that if you like partying, drinking, and having fun, probably you should not come to this school moving forward. So. Oof. Yeah, have a nice study year. This, I'm not kidding. We're all like, okay. And the school was like specialized just in language, but also like after the second year, like you start classes like on, you know, Japanese history, Mm. Japanese education systems, like how to read a newspaper, you know, some Japanese people could not read the entire newspaper with the kanji. We had to read those in order to graduate from this school. It's insane. But uh, yeah, I got there and, you know, studied and then I did my master's on the side on education. you, You liked it so much. That you went further. You oh, so is it what kind of so Japanese education specifically? Yeah. So on your after your fourth year, you can start your master's. So okay. I went to the school six years, quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> and you know when you're studying a language, like you cannot just be hey I speak this language. So what job can you do with it? And you know the education program was already a part of it. That's why I continued to do so. Mm. I'm like if anything. I wanted to do business, obviously, but if it didn't work out, then I could move anywhere in the world and teach Japanese or teach English. You know, it's a yeah. teaching, like you're, you graduated, you yeah. did your master's in education. So that's how it started. It was just like, this is where the future is. And, and it was hard. It was not easy, you know, but um, I think us like Turkish people with the dialect and the way we write a sentence is so similar to Turkish. Oh. We don't say like, you know, over here we say, I go to school. Yeah. Like the 
the verb goes to the end in Japanese. Same thing in Turkish too. The okay. verb goes in the tenses, like a present tense, simple past yeah. tense. They yeah. all change at the end of the oh. sentence too. So the layout of like a grammar in one sentence is so similar to Turkish. Okay. So I know that like in the entire world, we tend to like get it a little bit faster. If I took a probably a Turkish test right now, I would do horrible. I probably would do better in Japanese. Oh, wow. Because the Turkish grammar is so hard. Okay. It's extremely hard, you know? So, um, but for that reason, our, we don't roll our words, like when we are speaking um, Turkish too. Uh-huh. So that's why we can pronounce like Japanese words really clearly. Oh, interesting. I can't roll yeah. my words either. Maybe I'll, I'll give Japanese a shot. <laughs> yeah, we can practice. Yeah. So uh, it makes it a little easier, but like, you know, all this um, additional classes like makes it also really, really hard. You know, I remember one night, like I had a kanji exam the next day and literally I, my hand was under the pillow. I'm sleeping and I was writing kanji under the pillow in my sleep. Did you like and have I a woke pen in your hand? And I'm like, no, oh. like with my but, finger, I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking of it. And I woke up and I'm, oh. I'm it's still live, the uh. dream, but I'm also writing. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it's called pressure. <laughs> so, you know, I had to pass that. So, yeah, it was it was quite the fun because it took me a, to whole other like a journey that I would say, you know. Was there a point during that six year process where you gained an appreciation for culture? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like okay. uh, quite a lot, you know, and pretty similar, like similarities in culture too. Yeah. like, you know, um, the age, you know, how you talk to people older than you mm-hmm. or like, you know, even giving your seat to someone older in the bus and like we don't wear shoes in the house. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much similarities too. And um, but the true appreciation for me came like when I actually started working with Japanese people later mm-hmm. on because that's where I could practice it. And I it, it made more sense when I was using it in my daily life yeah. that I would say. If you don't the use real, it, you lose it. Exactly. The yeah. real practice came with that after the graduation, definitely. Okay. Yeah. But I was always interested, like in Japanese food, like, you know, um, certain like uh, like cultural things or like the religion, you know? Yeah. Like those classes, I enjoyed it so much. I was curious about that. Okay. You know, a lot. So. Okay. Yeah. So before we started recording this part of the episode, yeah. um, us three talked about your segue because you did three months at Toyota in Turkey and then you came to the U.S. and and kind of got your intro into hospitality Mm -hmm. and you joined um what was the name of the in Champagne what was the name of the Champagne or Kamakura Kamakura yeah and uh I want to go from there yeah so at what point did you fall in love with the hospitality industry because on this podcast I I have I feel like I'm going more towards hospitality I have so many like hospitality guests that have been coming on and I I myself am before this podcast, I, and I don't know if the public has this perception, but I didn't see hospitality as a long-term career. Yeah. And I'm learning more that it could be, and it should be, if things can change, right? If certain things can change, there, there are a lot of things yeah. that are kind of messed up with it at the moment. Um, Definitely. So this, this episode is kind of a two-parter. I want to focus on the first part. P- people don't think about becoming a beverage director growing up. 
right? It's, no. it's kind of a role that you kind of like fall into in a way. Like you discover it when you're in the industry. But or you find yourself that you have to do that now because <laughs> no one else is doing it. Because the person before you got fired, you know, who was oh, doing that. Oh, okay. Ooh, now you're the beverage manager or you're the beverage director. Oh, cool. I guess that's what I'm doing. A lot of people start that way, actually. Interesting. It okay, is okay. quite, yeah. That's awful for a position that you might not even want. Yeah, because they tell you that, hey, you know, that person is no longer here. So you are going to help out with the inventory. Yeah. So you learn. That's the best way to learn everything beverage related to like, you know, people always look at the inventory, the most boring, time consuming Mm. stuff. But, you know, later on, when you know what you're doing, obviously, like, you're just so burnt deal, out yeah. from it. But somebody who wants to learn more, those labels, learning how to do that inventory, like that's how you learn it. So every time I would like start a bar back, a new bar back, I'll be like, this day I'm doing inventory, you should be here. Mm. You should help me. You should see what is where. That's how you're going to learn everything. Okay. Let's read the labels together. This is how why this is good this model you. is next to this one you know because not everyone likes training either i love actually training like i think it's the education background too uh, that you know i do have patience for it yeah i would say you yeah. know within within the industry that i should say like you know i'm not very patient like in general of teaching the language someone i'm sweet about it because i don't have to do it on a daily basis but i love teaching about food i mm. love teaching about like wine sake spirits like anything that is like that's that's my favorite part probably you know but going back to the like the how i got into the hospitality as you were saying that like this like i came to the conclusion of this and to this short way of explaining it, like later after many interviews, right? People would always like, so what's the difference between hospitality and service for you, right? I'm like, hmm, service, you can get your car washed. You get it serviced, right? But like, it's different. Like when I'm serving you something and we do have this like a word exchange, right? Mm. I'm selling you something, but I'm like, that's not quite it. And I, I'm thinking, if you came to my house right now, you might have just eaten lunch. You might have just drank some beverages, but I don't care. You're going to eat again. You're going to drink again until you leave that door. That's how it is. Like, it's a part of my culture, right? In Turkey, like, we don't, like, ask you, like, hey, are you hungry? You come in. We start, like, putting everything out. You know, same thing goes for the drink, too, like... You know, people, when people say that, oh, I want to go drinking with you, I'm like, no, you don't want to go drinking with me. That's a bad idea for you. But, like, it's that way. Like, we are pushy. We push. Like, we want to give you. Like, once you're in my space. It feels unsolicited at times. Like, you're in my house. Yeah. So, and I see work like that, too. I'm so lucky, I would say. And I don't think maybe it's not in my personality. I never worked in a place that I did not want it to be there. Mm. I never got out of the bed and said that, like, I don't want to go to work today. I don't want to, like, walk in that establishment. It never happened to me. So I was always excited to go to work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm happy to be there. And so I make that place my home. So once you're in the restaurant with me, I... 
treat you with the same energy as you were in my house because I want to constantly cater to you. Yeah. That's like in my genes. And my uh, one of my aunts told me one time, like when we first like, you know, moved to this like foreign different country, um, we went to visit our neighbors and they were like, you know, would you like a piece of cake? And I said, no. And lady was like, okay. And she cut a piece of cake for herself. And she goes like, I was like drooling over, like watching her eat, but she never asked me. So I learned like next time somebody asked me, I said, yes, because the culture of that, uh, you yeah. know, like they want you to be honest. Do you want it or not? They're not going to ask you five times. Exactly. But we will. Some cultures might. Yeah. We, honestly, yeah. We, no, we don't ask you. It's I just like, get it. yeah, yeah, yeah. open your mouth pretty much literally like, we all have that like grandma in us, like, let right, me feed right, you right. constantly. So that's where that hospitality, it's not even like love. It's not even growing. It's just like, just so natural. Hmm. And I love cooking. I love hosting. I love having people in my house, you know, like constantly. So it, that's why. So in, in other words, in other words, maybe service is more transactional and hospitality is more like how you make others feel in a way. Absolutely. Or you're yeah. sharing your love for someone. It's like, it's contagious. It's about like more expectation too, right? Okay. Like you are not like a, when you go to a, like a, let's go get your car detailed. Like yeah. You're not expecting somebody to entertain you there. And the imagine, whole time if they, you're imagine if they sitting. did. Imagine if they did. Ooh, God. Wow, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh my God, every time I'm not feeling good, I'm going to come here. Like nobody would need probably therapists. Seriously. But, like, people go to their bars as solo to visit that same bartender because they have already shared half of their life story with uh. that person, you know? And we don't judge because it's not a part of our job to judge you. We listen. You say that I want to eat. I'm not going to tell you what to eat. I, my approach was never that way. I was like, what do you like to eat? And let's find you something that fits to your liking over here, right? So I'm always there to guide you, not to fight with you, not to force you to a mm -hmm, mm -hmm. certain dish, a certain beverage, because we have 17 of this bottle I need to get rid of. Yeah. I am not going to give that to you. Mm. That's not how I see it, you know? My focus in that moment is you. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to talk to you three minutes. Maybe I'm going to talk to you one minute. Maybe 10 minutes throughout the evening, right, when I'm running the floor. But when I'm in front of you, I am with you. That's amazing. And you feel that. And you should feel that, you know? Yeah. And that's, that should come naturally. Mm. Like, you naturally. Because how much you can force somebody, like, to smile, like, out of 365? It happens yeah. quite often. Like, you know, you will hire hosts and hostesses. That's like, we always say that you set the tone for the evening. The second somebody walks in, like your smile and stuff, like, you know, yeah, sometimes you're right. it's not. And I'm like, people will be like, yeah, it's like, you know, just you're just plotting the reservation. So like just hire a couple of girls. And I'm like, no, if we tell them that, like they set the mood, this should be a very detailed interview. Let's find someone. But also like, you know, I don't care like your experience. I care about your energy during that interview mm. that's what's gonna drum because i can teach you anything as long as yeah. you smile yeah that like it's technical exactly like even when you come to a coffee shop and the person next to you like the first person that you really look face to face when you're waiting in the line smiles that sets the mood for you mm -hmm. i was just like in a drive-thru the girl opened the window oh my god your hair looks fabulous did you just curl it i was like 
I looked at her, do I know her or something? Like, you know, like, how does she know that my hair is good? I'm like, thank you. Like, you know, pretty much the first person that I talked to today. So I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. It's contagious. Yes, yeah. that, that lifts up your energy. And, you know, I think that girl should move forward. <laughs> she can do, like, really, really well in this industry. I want to go pick her up from that drive-thru. Like, literally, Think about how many people's like mood she's probably changing on a daily. Right, right. By just like a little gesture. So that's something natural. I would take that girl and I would like groom her mm. on the long run versus somebody that comes and says, I went to hospitality school. I studied this. I studied that. I'm like, but you did not smile. So like we cannot do this together. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. it's you groom that team and you like the hospitality is contagious that way just like the group mentality if we're all happy we pass it to the guests and when something's you know? wrong help each other out i hate the phrase that's not my job <sighs> I, that's poison yeah it, it's really really bad it if you say that it's not your job it's pretty much like you're not looking for any um further improvement for yourself or within the company too so then what are you doing here mm -hmm. my approach is always that like i don't know maybe we're going to school Maybe this is not the career you're going to do. Maybe there's a phase in your time right now. You're going through some stuff, and this is a flexible schedule. But this is where you're putting food in your mouth from. So I expect you to perform to what this job's requirements are. Yeah. And there is no other industry that you can network mm. as much as working in that's Absolutely. food and beverage yeah. you know even if you when you're working in a bank like you know I'm not saying that you're the teller caller or someone you don't talk to 500 people a day you it could happen if you're running a door in a busy Chicago restaurant you could be like chatting with thousand people yeah. you know that machine in front of you that screen has everybody's personal notes where they work what they do for a living maybe you're like video and radio and something and a host comes and you know if you make that connection yeah. if you do it oh hey i know that you're this this and i go to school for that boom you right, got right 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 where are you gonna find these All people it takes is otherwise? one person yeah, yeah. exactly right. it's like amazing i do have a friend like he is uh, very famous for um make sound like a makeover what is it commercial voiceover voiceover yeah oh, okay. and um he was a server this is how he got discovered oh. he was at the table and they were like um i love your we voice like to, yes <laughs> we would like to really talk to you like outside of here in a room where it is soundproof like Amazing. we really would like to hear you. and this is like he does it for like really big major companies okay. and that's how he got discovered so you know we hear like girls marrying from starbucks to big football players yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like it happens like it does so it's a very romantic viewpoint but it happens it is amazing yeah. like i do know um this one girl married a very famous football player actually they were in a bar <laughs> some other random girl was literally recognizing the guy hitting so much oh on him God. and she was like i was at the next table and i was saying hey i'm his girlfriend just to push her over i got her off of him and then he started talking to me. <laughs> this and now they're married with two kids. Wow! Yeah, he's a very, very famous football player. Amazing. Like you know, like 
you don't know she was just there like at the could have been anyone <laughs> could have been yeah but she was working there yeah, yeah. she was at the next table Amazing. you know she was serving the next table so you never know you just have an access like to all sorts of people yeah. all sorts of like a network and opportunity so i think either you're doing this as a profession or you're doing this temporarily i think you should really focus on like building your network so yeah. if you are in front of your dream person how are you going to act act like that in front of everyone, everyone? yeah because that's how you can be like bingo right you know right, so right. great opportunity so you don't have to fake it again. no um how did you end up in the bay area so you were in champagne how long were you in champagne for and then you, you left for the bay area? so i was in champagne for two years okay. then i came over here and then um i was here about three years mm. a little over three years what, I were, you, would what say. were you doing in chicago i was managing a restaurant oh okay okay yeah and then uh, i met my husband oh, at okay. the sushi bar okay yeah he was a guest he was eating at the sushi bar and we did have this um gentleman's birthday upstairs and uh, it was a pretty glamorous birthday party you know every woman in that party arrived had to tow like chanel and i looked at the on the red dress and i'm like i need to work upstairs that's gonna be a high demand you know <laughs> we had so much fun like you know i was even dancing in that party but like i would come literally fire food with the kitchen constantly and then uh, i see this guy as i'm sitting there i'm passing by he's sitting there and he's like looking like this i was like oh okay you know and the owner of the restaurant is like who is that guy do you know him i'm like no she's like i think he's a football player i was like i wouldn't even know if he's a football player <laughs> and then uh, as i'm passing by he turned and like slightly like touched my shoulder uh -huh. and i looked at him he's like can i get the soy sauce with the green cap i'm like who calls it a green cap i'm like you mean the love sodium? He's like, yeah. I said, I'll be right back. And the girl who was serving was like running in front of me. Oh my God, Dila, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll get it because like, it's my pet peeve. Like I hate it having soy sauces readily available at the table. And I want, because when it's at the table, sometimes they forget to refill it before they oh. seat the next guest or like, because soy sauce gets sticky and there's, I'm yeah, like, everybody yeah. gets a fresh one. Once they get seated, they order, you know, yeah. sushi. That's how you mark the table. So she was like worried that I was going to get upset that she forgot about it. I said, no, don't worry. I said, that's my future husband. I'll get it myself. Yeah. So two months later than that, uh, after that, he was living in San Diego. Oh, okay, he was okay. not a football player. <laughs> 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 so, um, two months after that, I packed and found myself uh, living, moving to San Francisco with him. He was okay. just moving there for work, too. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's how I ended up gotcha, in the Bay Area. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, what do you like more, the Bay Area or Chicago? Chicago is home. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I okay. was, like, very excited to move back. I loved Bay Area. It was, you know, the weather is nice, but... Like in Istanbul, where I grow, it doesn't snow so often. So yeah. I kind of enjoy snow time okay. to time. Okay, okay. So um, I like four seasons, I would say. You know, we do quite <laughs> the seasons over here. But um, Bay Area, like people said that too, the hospitality is changing so much, right? Like the um, bigger companies coming, all these corporate cards going in there. It just was not 
what I was expecting from him in ter- from like a Bay Area as like a as I would learn the hospitality. It was like very minimal conversations. It was oh. just more like they're there to do business and they're going to put oh. the corporate card down. Oh. Like you don't matter, you know, not that I needed to matter, but I wanted to learn and interact more and like, you know, cater to more. You're just giving them a wonderful uh, bottle of wine, like, you know, for two fifty. Like how was it? You know, It's great, but no, they don't want it because they want something that's like really gimmicky oh. because it has the name on it. And I'm like, you could be drinking this fantastic one, but, you would like to spend like you know for five hundred thousand on this because of the name like so it did not move me you know but ozumo was fantastic in terms of sake program okay because i had you said 48 right 48 by the glass wow yeah and then um think about the bottles and then actually the person who i worked under at ozumo jessica frui she is the real sake mama. Oh, her okay. Instagram handle is even sake mama. Oh, we all okay. called her sake mama. So I um, got groomed by her quite often, and she was a big deal too, and she still is. So, um, so she had everything available to her to taste yeah. as a buyer, which was extended to us to yeah. taste too. Like you know, it was so cool. I would say, but um, I. When we were going to move, we were actually going to Las Vegas, but the um, girl that my husband was going to replace changed her mind, and she was with the company for 13 years. So they were like, you guys want to move to New York and get her position? And I was like, there's one place I'm not moving. It's New York. (laughs) (laughs) That's not happening, you know? And... um, we were homeless, like not oh, homeless. Yeah. We, they're like pick a state, you know, like because of like everything was arranged. So they kind of like give a bunch of states. You can take over any of these markets, wow. right? Seattle was there. Florida was there. Everything like was out there. A lot of like really good places. But uh, one day he called me. He was like, hey, like it's 1 p.m. I'm like, hi. He's like, I just blacked out. I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you drink two Coronas only, like, <laughs> in your life. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, oh my God, Dilo, of course you would think that way. No, I was like just sitting at this stoplight, and until somebody honked, like I didn't even realize how long I was sitting there, because, um, like, he was just, you know, blacked out. Whatever he was thinking, he was deep in thoughts, and then. He's like, once they honked, I was like, I needed to look where I was supposed to go. And the intersection he was at was Park in Lincoln. And we met in Lincoln Park. So he called me. He's like, do you want to go back to Chicago? I was like, oh, my God, I never thought you were going to ask. Yes, of course. In two weeks, we were here. Oh, okay. That fast. (laughs) Yeah, somebody came and, like, literally, they were ready to, like, put our, like, apartment together to ship because we were moving to vegas so we're just gonna get the truck going to a different place you know it the decision needed to be made fast and like and i was excited to come because this is home for me like you know and i love the hospitality in here i know a lot of people it's maybe a comfort zone thing you know but um yeah and after learning even though like you know certain ways of like how i was maybe treated 
that I did not enjoy because I couldn't like elevate the hospitality, but I learned so much more about food and beverage okay. with the restaurants that I worked there with, you know? So I could bring that to Chicago yeah. because we know that San Fran is way far ahead still. So, and utilize some of those. And I worked at Katana with Jason Chan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, after that came Tao. Okay. And uh, that's how the real, I will say, like, you know, have written programs purchased for a while. But, like, that's when I was like, oh, this is, like, a real, real big deal. So you're the, you were the manager, director for both of those places? So um, for Tao, I was a beverage manager. Okay. But I was the only, I had a bus in New York. I would okay. say I was reporting to her too. But Katana, I was a beverage director. Oh, so director is above AGM. manager. Yeah, like you, if you okay. have someone else above you in that, like I didn't have anyone else doing the beverage in my position. But also once sometimes like when you put the director's uh, word, yeah. you need to like, not the case for me at Tao, but like people don't tend to like give it out fast because then you have to pay people ma- more. Yeah, okay. You know, it okay, happens okay. like in many, like you will see in like a really large food corporate, like I'm the area manager. No, you're directing the whole area, but like they give you the director title, then they need to give you the director money. Are you doing director work as a manager? Yeah, but I I was paid pretty fair. Okay, okay. Like, okay, yeah. Okay. So it's more of the word. Like for me, like I'm like, you can call me like... <laughs> Anything. I cannot even tell. Like, you can call me anything. Like, the girl who sweeps the door, as long as you pay me my value, Yeah. I don't care what you call me, Amazing. you know? Going back to, like, earlier in the career, I did not tend to ask, like, how much am I going to get for this? How much, yeah. how much is this event going to pay me? Because I was looking forward to building the experience before I could ask for money. Later on, when I felt confident that I can execute certain positions that is paying the certain amount of money, yeah. I went for it. Okay. You know? Yeah. But I needed to make sure that I was able to execute. So I think that's important. Right. You know? We always see those memes on Instagram, like, you know, you put on your resume, like, I'm like a master in Excel, and then like, they're like, create an Excel sheet, oops! You know? Like, I would have hated to find myself in that situation. So I did a lot of homework, pre-work, and like, before would, I put a value yeah. on myself, I should say. Well, you would put yourself in uncomfortable situations, right? You would, it, like, so, like, it's slightly outside of your comfort zone, and you're always learning and leveling up. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, you know, s- sometimes I look at my resume, and I'm like, okay, it's 13 years, several different companies, and I'm like, I know that, like, sometimes it just doesn't look the best. I'm like... You know, I think it would be everybody's dream to work with the same company, to, like, work, get that, like, what, 25-year golden oh, like watch the, or something in their comfort uh, zone. Like, this is, but sometimes I think you that's just, a different generation, though. Yeah, but we see it sometimes, like, yeah. you know, I, I, it never happened to me because, you know, I'm a little feisty, so yeah, I did yeah. not really find myself in, like, a boys club in general, never felt that way in a work environment, like, you know, I am loud, and I'm, like, I say what I think, and, yeah. you know, before I say something, I make sure that I do my homework about it. I can be wrong, too. It's, it's okay, but if I'm opinionated, I want to make sure that like I express it right if I think that it's better you know so 
and I hear people in that way too, but sometimes you just need to promote yourself. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like you think that you deserve a certain role or pay and it's time maybe it's not within that same company you know i find that like quite often like i hear with people they're like yeah but i have only been here two years like i don't want to be like changing jobs i'm like you are in the same place you are going to be in the same position maybe just get a couple more grants like in raise is that what you want to do i'm like sometimes you need to push it you need to give that opportunity to yourself you need to promote yourself. If it's not within the same company, then you need to go. You need to make sure that going back to you can execute that position. Right, right. You know, you built that like confidence, not only like In as a feeling, yeah. but also like the tangible. Can, yeah. Yes, you can serve it. You can do what you're saying. That. That's cute. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. But I have been pretty lucky, I would say, in my career in general. Okay. Some of these that, like, I didn't go through, like, I've never been, like, not given an opportunity, you know, so I have been lucky, but I have witnessed or I have, I'm still hearing stories, you know, especially during this time to pandemic. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's the perfect time for you to do a whole 360. Mm -hmm. You know, the world is really your oyster right now because that, like, gap in your resume everybody pretty much almost has it so use it yeah like what did you do throughout this entire time like try different things you know try things part-time you know try like if you are not happy don't be at that place do not stay there yeah it's bad i have it never let me do this like, yeah, Turkish yeah, yeah. thing. It never happened to me, like luckily, and you know, here I am with Wine Connections, really That's happy. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, what makes a good beverage director? So, you need to be good with numbers, right? Mm. We know that. That at the end of the day, like, I have worked with people before that would curate fantastic cocktails okay let's give that as an example and when you ask them how much does this cost they're like uh the whole menu how much would that cost no that uh, that cocktail i want to know what is the cost of this gotcha they're like um i don't know Mm. we're not ready to use that cocktail then that's first thing that you need to do like you tell me, like, hey, I would like my beverage cost to be 20%, 18%, 10%, you know? And this is how you need to start writing your program. You need to start with that. So you need to make sure, first of all, you can hit the money, right? Gotcha. Because what, how is the business going to survive? It's a business first, right? Exactly. Right. So you need to be good in that, you know, okay. with all that purchasing and stuff. And then... You need to have the knowledge, obviously. Technical skills, definitely need it. But also, like, um, the will for it. To, like, it's a continuous learning. Yeah. It's not that, like, hey, I know this much. And when you, like, really go see, like, a healthy, like, a not in terms of, like, a physically, but, like, a healthy, successful, like, a beverage directors, they are studying for the next thing right they're studying for the next exam what is the next area they could like be learning from you know 
and it doesn't necessarily need to be like you know I know a lot of people that are like sommeliers but like they're studying spirits they're studying about distillation still they're like you need to know like like a general like you have to have a very good like a information and some technical skills too so those two are a must and three is I think that like patience and inability to um teach Mm. because if you are the most knowledgeable person in that place your job is to teach the rest of the team right and you never that's another reason like you know people will take positions that they cannot execute because like you're opening a bottle of wine in a pre-shift and another server knows about that wine or the fermentation process or anything more than you. Yeah. Uh, you kind of didn't do a really good job, you know, by getting yeah. So like you have to know it because people want to like, and you have to groom the managers because you're not constantly working on the floor. Mm. You need to teach them, you know, and any manager should be able to go open a bottle of sake or a bottle of wine, and at least they should, if they're the manager, as the leader, as the role model to the servers and everyone else on that floor, they need to know more than them. Mm. You are the extension of each position. So if the server says, this, why, this guy would like to look at the Bordeaux or Burgundy list, yeah. I'm not very knowledgeable yet. Could you go, that, go that, do that for me? The manager should be able to do it to a certain extent, you okay, know. Okay. And it, I think that falls on the beverage um, managers, yeah. Too, and I, I can give this to Tao too. Like you know, I was given so much like empowerment when I worked there, from the like my director of operations to like the partner. They were making sure like the managers were in my weekly classes mm. all the time, you know. They really cared and they, like, I mean, they run a global, you know, yeah, yeah, huge, like, company. So they do understand it and they, it's expected. So they were like, how many managers showed up this week, Dila? And I wouldn't mind if somebody didn't show up to tell it, you know? Wow. Because they, I want them to be successful. And if this is where they would like to be, this is how the company is expecting for you to perform. So we need to meet that. Yeah. And you know what? That falls on me at the end of the day. Yeah. So. So, th- so there would be like operations where like they wouldn't send the whole team out to learn the same thing. That's, that's so backwards to me. It's just like, why wouldn't you want? It's another opportunity for team building, too. It's just like, why wouldn't you want everyone on the same page? Yeah, and and a lot of people, you know, like sometimes we see it like do not teach because they're scared of like losing that position themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that's really bad because that's actually the only way you can get promoted. Because you'll grow too. If I can't groom somebody to cover my position, how am I going to go to the next step? Yeah, yep. Like, I'm not going to get promoted because somebody needs to fill this role. Right. You're going to be there forever. So you need to groom people. Like you need to pick one of those managers who is showing up every week yeah. to your classes. You need to like, okay, that's the one. That's the one that wants to really learn. That's the one that 
you know, I would even spend extra time or he or she would like to come in an hour early, you know, for a shift that they're working. Damn. So I, but these all like, even though this sounds so intense, yeah. I love doing that. It sounds, yeah. It, like I truly enjoy it. You it know? doesn't sound that intense actually. Yeah. It just like, that's something I would love too. Cause like nobody told me like, Hey, come over here and learn this. I had to like constantly like bug people to learn. Okay. Like literally I was like, Oh, what are you doing? What are you reading? Can I borrow that? Yeah. Oh, like for me, it was that way that I somehow did a foundation, you know, and probably like I could have been like in different place. I'm so happy where I'm at right now. But like if somebody like literally groomed me that way, it would have been different. So when I see someone else, like in that situation, just asking, I want like to, hungry for information. Yes, yeah. I will. Days, months, yeah. years I mean, that I, I mean, would if spend. you stand there with your hands in your pockets and you're not speaking a word, go ahead, do your thing. But exactly. I, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to take you by the hand either. No, exactly. And and that's my full on approach to like you know if like you don't want to learn, I am not there to waste my time because yeah. that that's a waste of time for me, you know. Trying one time is good. Maybe try in different ways, you know, throughout the, like, um, classes, too. Like, you know, I always try to make it, like, fun. Yeah. You know, informative, fun, short. Sometimes it's not very short, you know. But yeah. But if, if I see that, like, on the second class, you're that, like, I am not really going to force you, you know, because I would rather spend that energy on someone else really that would it. like to. I would rather spend that energy on a food runner who would like to come in an hour early from their shift yeah. and wow. learn about how to pair food because the food runners know the food sometimes better than the server mm. because they plate, they see the plate, the plate comes, they put the, like, you know, the side dishes or something. They're like, in the kitchen mm. so what they don't have the opportunity is with the beverage as much okay. because they don't sell it so the pairing portion they struggle with and i'm like i would rather spend the time on the food runner who wants it who wants to become yeah. a server and teach them who already knows the food yeah the beverage portion of it and i'm like are you ready to take your server test mm. i would rather do that you know okay so i'm ready to teach is there is there a natural progression to beverage director like what is it what is it yeah i'm not even sure i mean or is it, is it random it, it's not random like sometimes you can find yourself in that role randomly but it's not going to be someone's like very good fine list that they're going to be like yeah you can handle this yeah. so it's pretty much the way it works in general you will have more interest right you're already working in that place or like you take some of the tests and stuff like you come to a certain place that you can handle the list the owners of the restaurant knows that you can write it they know like what test you have taken and like you know like you these official slowly, tests what, what kind of tests are yeah you, you oh. can oh many different like you know the psalms like there's different you gotcha. know WSATs or like court like masters sommelier okay or like you know it when it comes to japanese a lot like shochu there is another one like you know so it there is tests you know and but at the end of the day you are showing that like you're doing that from a floor performance too. Yeah. Like how much wine you're selling, you're knowing this. And then like bartenders also too. 
are good because like they're making cocktails yeah. they know the spirits and they get into sake and wine a little bit then you know you would let them like be a part of the ordering like this is how generally it happens okay okay you know like nobody with when you don't have any experience it's okay. always like you're actually starting as a bartender or a server yeah you have it available you're hearing from someone else you catch an interest you learn more people see that you know more versus what b c d knows gotcha. and you become that person gradually and you know and once you are curating and doing the lists a certain amount of time then you can gotcha. move to your next adventure if you would like to because you can be like hey i was the beverage person in this restaurant so and they will know this restaurant or they won't gotcha. know this restaurant It's they would look look through their menus and yeah. be like yeah you can curate our list or no this is not going to work so it's hard to find a, there's another hard to find another industry that allows this vertical movement with effort just based on effort you know if you want it go after it and you'll get it yeah it's it's like it's interest that i would say like you have to really be a lot of the times too like you can see that like people who move to manager positions could be actually from the host hostess position Wow. Nobody knows the floor better than that. Yeah. How the tables are turned, how fast they are turned. Yeah. Like, you know. So there's so many movements in a restaurant. You can do, like, I have known, like, people who started as a, like, a hostess to cocktail server, cocktail server to server, server to, you know, events assistant, event assistant to event manager, event manager to, you know, like either restaurant manager or like general manager yeah. then director wow like it happens you wow. know okay. miho-san for example at ozumo she started at the door and she is the gm of that place like for many many years if there was more she would have been the director of operations for the whole group mm. but you know okay so she's like i started here at the door that's amazing oh, she's amazing yeah <laughs> so like that's how it is it's like You know, you don't necessarily need to go to school. Nobody tells you this is how many years of school you need to go and stuff. Yeah. It's all about on your efforts, like how much effort do you want to put it? How bad do you want it? What do you want? You know, some people are really good team leaders, you know, like a, a general mag manager is more suitable for them, even though they like beverage portion of it, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and some people are just like not good with managing teams. And, you know, and their beverage is really, really good. So you can shift your energy and your studies in the other way, you know. Yeah. Some of us are good in technical skills. Some of us are good in gotcha, gotcha. personal, you know, touches. So, but I think when it comes to beverage, you kind of need to have both. I hear you. Yeah. What were some of your favorite parts of Katana or takeaways that you brought to Tao? Oh. <sighs> So Katana was also an import, right? Yeah, L from LA. outside. Yeah, okay. LA, straight from Hollywood. They started, um, like, they're in other states too. Oh, you by know, the way, Arizona. the first time I heard your name was from Aaliyah Sauter. Oh, <laughs> she helped yes. me co-host Jason Chan the first time he came on. Oh my god! I was like, Dilali, I'm gonna hear that name over and over again, <laughs> and I did after that. And oh, wow, long time coming. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it's so. Another import, right? And it was actually a very um, 
not a rough move for me. Like okay. it wasn't hard, but I was like, do I want to come from another import company? Because like Chicago is like, you know, growing so fast, but people really like their local people, oh. their local chefs. Oh. Like, you know, even though like they're helpful to others that comes from outside. But like when you're an import, the first, the eyes are kind of like, Hmm, yeah. only, right and that prepared me to what was supposed to what was gonna happen at Tao too like you know okay. yeah the place is so big how are they gonna fill that place like you know oh like you know they're going on the same block with this one and that right, one right, I was like right. we've been there ah. we've done that <laughs> that was cool and um, you know I also like had some people that I was working at Katana with that after I moved to Tao, like they were actually like, some of them were before me mm. and they were just selling the team. They're like, you guys need to like get Lee in here, mm. you know? And um, so I had some of the staff that I knew that I have heard like how the team over there was executing and how the training was going on and all. Like I actually joined Tao like a week before the opening pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So Last minute very last minute and so with both places did did they did they receive the flack that you were expecting for being imports um yeah definitely oh, okay i i would say though like you know the katanas that the location is like we say haunted oh it's haunted no like nobody no business can survive in that oh, location that's, that's what that's what justin said about this place yeah Co- coffee shops did not last here it's so crazy yeah. like and the same thing but i'm gonna tell you i had a job on the other side of the river and i was living in gold coast i have walked from gold coast to that job for an other like a year I never lifted my head up there. When they were trying to tell me where Katana was going to be built at, I could not figure it out because, and I'm like, I walked in front of this place for an entire year and I never looked up. It's, it's a tough place, mm. you know? Like, you don't go to that side. It's such an, like a dead area. Uh, I've never been, so, but that's interesting yeah. to hear that. Very de- dead area, like nothing. In front, like, you know, closer to the lake, it's full on the restaurants wow. and like you pass then you know you get it's to the millennium park and that side you know the gauges there like they're really really um good and that that area was tough okay it was somewhere that people were not walking and was that what it what did it during the pandemic location or other so know, other it things? it was like prior to it and it's like oh. yeah just a little prior to that and then the pandemic also hit too so and um you know they made the choice of shutting down the business they're opening like other like i'm seeing that there's some construction going on in mexico they're doing there is one in saudi arabia that's popping they opened another new place in hollywood called yakumi okay and so the group is very successful everywhere you know and uh but the chicago location they couldn't fill it and they were like that was their first Midwest, like a mm, uh, restaurant. Okay. They've been in Arizona and like, you know, all those places. So uh, it was a really, really good project for me, though. Like, you know, when yeah. like it was a cool, like import first work for me okay. that I would say. Because okay. most of the other places that I worked in Chicago was independently owned prior uh, to that. Okay. And like, you know, I had to learn like in a sense of like 
of corporates would do that. There's a corporate rule for that. There's going to be a corporate book for that and stuff. And, you know, same things applies to Tao, too. Mm, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and how is, how is Tao? I've never been to either of those places, but how, and I've never been to Excalibur either, but like, yeah. how is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about like Excalibur. I used to uh, <laughs> go salsa dancing uh, okay. back in the day. So it was quite the shock for me when I first walked into Tao. I was like, what happened to this place? Like wow. gorgeous. You know, um, Tao is very fun. Okay. Like it's so much fun. So, you know, all these like men that would drink old fashions, 100% or like whiskey, like neat, straight, and like, you know, wearing ties, coming and slamming those lychee martinis. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, that group puts you in a good mood, like straight up. You're like, give me another lychee martini. Okay. Yeah, your character changes there. Okay. Like, it's just so much fun. Okay. It's so much energy, like, you know, it's... um, very like uh, one of the directors would there like gracious hospitality and it is being served there you know yeah. like it's just you know you go to Tao you're gonna have a good time Interesting. you're gonna have good drinks you're gonna have good food but you're even gonna have a better time wow these people know how to throw parties the best parties yeah, yeah in the world 100 percent seriously so (laughs) go there or let's go together so they do carry many many sakes from us so we can totally go um okay do a little like a sake tour and so yes i love that so and you're not you're not there no longer i am not yes what what made you want to leave that role so i um i got like a laid off like you know oh, put pan- off. Pandemic? yeah oh okay, okay yeah that time and one day the eric swanson who is very well known in the sake world across to like you know in the united states especially a lot but you know he was one of my first sake teachers too okay. he texted me he goes like uh, monica samuels from wine connections would like your cell number can i give it to her and i'm like this Am I reading this right? Like, Monica Samuels is a sake samurai. Like, there's no test. I love that, sake samurai. Yeah, oh. there's no test that you take to become a sake samurai. It's almost like a council. They know of all of your work to spread this love of sake to the all of your studies. Like, you know, they know, and this is how you, like, deserve it. This is how they give it to you. So someone I have always known her name and always, like, you know, in a kind of like a crush, like looked yeah. up to her. Yeah. And um, I was like, sure, like give it. And at that moment, like, you know, I'm like, a, you know, off the payroll, but like I'm still receiving so many like phone calls, yeah. text messages from like other distributors or suppliers oh, too. Okay, like, okay. hey, when are you guys going to purchase? Are you guys, what are the plans for Tao? And I'm like, you know, when you're getting these every day and I'm like, and I want to say sometimes I'm like, you know what kind of inventor lives in that place like you know with the capacity of the city is allowing like Tao can survive for a couple years without purchasing anything you know what I mean like I'm like what are you talking about so it kind of was exhausting but and my first thought was like her asking me pretty much probably she was gonna ask hey how are you guys doing what's going on there like you know and but I was ready to take her call for that. Yeah. I did not care. I could have talked about the Tao's inventory and like 
four days with her, right? As long as it's Monica Samuel. So I was like, I told Eric, of course, give it. So she texted me and she was like, you want to talk Friday? And I was like, sure. And I'm like, should we FaceTime? <laughs> She's That's a good like, plan. Yeah. Yeah. So we were FaceTiming and then, um, of course, we started, hey, how are things? What's going on? And I said, and then she asked me, like, so how did you get into sake? You know? And the conversation quite going well. And I'm so relaxed and, like, you know, FaceTiming casually, like, telling her everything. And she's, like, after, like, 20 minutes, she's, like, so we do have this position. And I'm, like, oh, this call was for a different reason. She (laughs) is on the low blow of interviewing me. You have no idea. Yeah. I was, like, so excited. She's, like, would you be interested? And I'm, like, yes. Because... I could say yes so easily. And the reason for it was, you know, like throughout the pandemic, I opened up my own consulting firm. I did many, many works. Like, you know, most of them I did not even publish, you know, because I didn't want, like either it was for Tao too. I didn't want them to think that like I was trying to completely take a different route that I would not want my position back gotcha. because I was pretty happy with my position, you know, even though my director moved to New York and it was planned, I was pretty upset about it. But, you know, um, I, it was not in my thing. And most of them were spirit companies that, Hey, would you like to work with us? Okay. We would like to work with you if you're looking for a job. And my answer was like, no, because I do not feel as connected to any other beverage as I am with sake so I was feeling like very confident with that right and I've always said too like if I ever work for a supplier I would work for a sake company so like throughout this whole consulting too we would do like a like bunch of different things and they were like would you be actually interested in working with us I'm like no like I would like to work with you again and send you an invoice but (laughs) no I'm not getting on your payroll so like the answer was yes let's talk about it and my interview process was like that was like one of my favorite parts that I could tell you it was four months what was four months my interview oh my goodness yeah Wine Connections is a total of 23 people in the company they're distributed in 23 I'm sorry 50 states right so I interviewed with many many people Mm. Just like more than interview, just having like it almost turned into a weekly one hour to one and a half hour calls like with everyone. It just showed me how much they actually cared about creating this position and how they want to find the right person. It was going to be my first time working on the other side. I have been a like a a pretty spoiled buyer for a long time. Okay, you know, so now. I was going to go knock on people's door to sell. sell. So, uh, you speak, know, speaking of, I mean, this is kind of a tangent. Like, yeah. did you have these haggling skills before? Like bartering, like not bartering, but like, you know, to bring the price down before? Yeah. Did you have to do any of that? It's like, it's almost like a, you act like a broker sometimes, you okay. know, in beverage. Like, uh, there is like around the laws, like how much you can do. Like, oh. you know, it. it's a pretty, like a, intensive and extensive like uh, explanation to that like but um yeah okay gotcha the answer is yes and it's just like you're pretty much doing the same thing on the other side but like you know your network 
is very important and like who you know who you can get a placement in which restaurants like and you know by working in chicago twice in different times like i do have a pretty good network i would like to think so and that was one of them so when they were interviewing me it was giving me like a time for me to figure out learn hear from their experiences is this what i would like to do so that was like fantastic you know nothing was rushed and it the position was for chicago illinois market but that's not like what i would have only wanted to and the more we talked they actually extended to different places so on now i act as a support of florida mm. like north carolina massachusetts georgia so the position got bigger mm. you know we we i'm saying because with them i figured out what markets could i bring my energy to what could have happened so it was a collaborate of like creating this like really cool position That's for amazing. me yeah it's so custom like i was like it was great Okay. Like it was amazing. Like the length was perfect. And right before that too, I was like, can I, by the way, go to Turkey for 20 days in the middle of this pandemic? You know, cause I haven't gone home for seven years. They were like, yeah, do it. You oh. know? And, um, that's what I got to do too. So here I am. Yeah. Been- like looking back when you first started, like when you first in the beverage industry, you don't think of that as a supplier. You don't think that you, there could be a tailored job you just I just think salesperson and it's like yeah. I don't think I want to be a salesperson but that was in my mind like the whole time that's it like I I am a salesperson I'm going to say that because when you're serving you're a salesperson you pretty much your little section you have in the restaurant is your store you're mm. selling your menu to people you're convincing them to add on yeah, yeah. You know, hey, do you also want a side? Or you're like, they're like, hey, can we get a glass of this? Or like, hey, would you like to try this? Yeah. We just like you're constantly trying to build a check average too, so you are okay. in sales. Yeah. You're like in sales. You actually sell to many more people throughout the day. That's you know? interesting. How many cars <laughs> is a car salesman is selling <laughs> in one day? I would like to like actually Google it like average. You're selling to more people each day. You serve like there's nights that you have like 40 covers. You have talked to 40 people and told them what to eat and what to drink. Mm. You help them guide and make that decision. You sold them. You just borrow the food and the drink from the restaurant, you know, and you get your commission at the end of the night is the tip. So you are a salesperson. Like when you look at from that, yes, if I know how to sell this, because I study it I so much. I love it. And yeah. I just like, it just like, I can bring the same energy. I, I always come up with plans and people always like, you just told them your plan. Like, aren't you like scared that they're going to take it? I was like, take it, but steal my energy. I dare you. You're not going to be able to execute that, it that. better than I can. Yes, go for it. Let me go on top of you and actually kill it. You can't imitate it. No. You can't imitate what's in here too. No. In your experience. You know, Exactly, it's how you deliver. So, like, it's yeah, yeah steal my energy, please mm. do that. It's not so I'm not scared <laughs> of that at all. And you know that that's how I don't go into a restaurant with like I'm gonna go and tell them and I'm gonna sell this. Mm. 
I actually want them to get that energy from me, how much I love it. And you're sharing your love of it. Exactly. And then people buy also from people who they like. True. You know, you have to be charming. You have to be knowledgeable, like in all sorts of ways. It's the same thing when it comes to the like the special you know, list of the evening or like the chef is going to come to the pre-chef, tell you 17 times, hey, we have this many dishes. Nobody's selling the specials. Maybe I hate it. That's why I'm not selling it. You know what I mean? Could happen. No disrespect. Yeah, but yeah. Because when I am the middleman and I am telling them eat this because they want me to push this you're dish. Gonna get that. I mean, the tip comes. They're going to be like, this yeah. was not good. because, Or even if I can sell it, you can feel my energy when I really love it and I'm talking about that yeah, dish yeah. or you can be like, Hey, by the way, we also have this, this, this evening, yeah. or, you know, the chef actually prepared something just special for this evening. Yeah, Let me tell you right, about right, it. Right. And like you, when you talk with that energy, so this, I love all these sake so much. And that's why I also am very proud to work with um, wine connections too. We don't have the largest portfolio in the country when it comes to sake. But quality over quantity, very, right? Yeah. Mm. Very healthy, oh. but it's all like a hand-picked, carefully picked breweries. Like everything is unique on its own with the story that I feel to my bones that I can transfer that to person, right? Yeah. So that's how you sell it. I pre-sell sake before people taste it. Yeah. They're like, once that hits the market, I want this many cases of it because of the way you're talking about you it. You believe in the product. Yeah, but but also it needs to match the quality. Yeah. And I know it is. Yeah. So that's why. That's how the sales right. are. So I even don't think of like me being a salesperson anymore. I That's not what's on my mind. I'm like, let me go share this with this person and tell them what this is about. Yeah. That's what I do, and and it turns into a sale. Because at the end of the day, you need money to eat and yes. a roof over your head. Absolutely. And why not share something that you love and make a dollar off of it? Exactly. <laughs> and drink a lot of it, <laughs> you know, with everyone. Um, so that's a good segue into let's demystify sake. So even with wine, with a wine list, with sake, you're at a restaurant and you, you want a nice glass with your meal yeah. and you're you're oftentimes going to take the word of your waiter to like hey can you recommend something yes. right so how can we empower guests to make their own informed choices on sake so what i like to do when i'm writing lists right every restaurant is different also like it also depends on the staff and the knowledge of the staff too mm. but typically what i would do i would um put them in different categories and then I would put tasting notes. Remember when we were talking like caramelized banana, Mm -hmm. like Asian pear Mm -hmm. and like, you know, let's say pineapple. That's something that they can relate to. Yeah. And then the other sake will say mushroom, Mm. you know, like a red bell pepper, like, or like you picked more earthier and herbaceous notes. So now the guest has an idea if they're looking for something gotcha. more earth-driven or fruit-driven. So it already gives you an idea. And then you also put them in categories. The way I would like to put is like the Daigin Joe's on top. Mm. People always say that like, oh, Daigin Joe's tends to be more expensive in general. Like, why don't you actually put like, just like wine list people do, like, you know, like from the 
cheaper option to like gradually. I'm like, I'm putting them for the way they're drinking from easier to drier, right? Mm. Soft, more fruity sakes on top. We do have the daikin So they really know what they're getting into because people associate quality with price sometimes. Yeah. And that's not the, it's not the deal at all with sake. Actually, I was talking to this gentleman. He's opening two liquor stores and uh, we're actually opening a sake club, a membership club in them, which is so exciting. And then he said that like, I'm generally thinking of not sake for the whole store to not be like friends, Italy and this and that be like crisp and bright and this and I'm like that will be great for the sake selection but I'm like you're not going to be able to um, break even (laughs) with your labor because you're going to need a sum because if somebody is used to finding something French like they are used to going in there now they're like I can never find anything in that store and I'm like let's say that there is like a three of you working the store floor there's like six guests that comes in Mm. I'm not going to wait for you to finish yeah, with that they're looking for something so I can specific, look. Yeah, yeah so uh, you need to. But when it comes to sake, I said, that's a fantastic idea, uh, you know, because it is going to work. People are either like, this is how we ask, do you, what do you drink normally? Like is yeah. my question in yeah. general, right? And I ask like for wine, like what type of wines do you do? Do you like drier styles or do you like fruity? Like that's how I start, right, the conversation. That's why I put the daiginjos on top because for the server, it is so easy to say. The daiginjos on top, they drink like fruitier, silkier, softer. And then when you come all the way to the bottom, you'll find the jumais or like, you know, whatever the category name, I would like to name it. They tend to drink like a more drier, mm. earthier. And in the middle section, we do have the ginjos, mm. which are like surprise and delights. Mm. And that's how I always mm. tell the server. Now, you know, because there is also the description, like three words, I would put like the fruits or whatever it is. They have an idea of what kind of tasting notes this has. But when it comes to ginjos, they're so playful. They can have so much called ginjoka like like beautiful like a fruity nose but they could be drinking so dry all within that category yeah so i'm like that's the one you need to start tasting the most and learn okay because that's gonna make you a liar you have to know the ginjos because we know that like the daiginjos in general what the way we drink the way we purchase as the beverage people yeah i'm never going to put something like very crazy like big unexpected to the list yeah even if it's a daigin joe i'm gonna move it all the way to the bottom i'm gonna be like sparkling and unique or something right because i want people to know what they're getting in that so the way we write the list we want every category to be its own like a very approachable taste because i want to have crowd pleaser sakes it's not as easy like you can't make a choice and you don't want to misspell, uh, mispronounce a wine name. So you're like, give me the Pinot Noir from the Sonoma Coast or give me the Pinot Noir from like this, right? It's easy. People hear this more, but when it comes to sake, it's not the same thing. Right, right. So that's how I try to make it easy. I like by that. category and by tasting notes, you know, in time you can remove them. I probably, yeah. by the bottle, for example, bottle only, I like to put 
three, four sentences of why they're unique. Okay. Sometimes it's the prefecture they're brewed in for the specialty water. Sometimes it's because it's like, you know, there's a female involved yeah. in the business right. and, you know, the most UFO sightings are in that area. Sometimes, hey, just a couple words about like Takasan over here or like the Brooklyn Kura. Mm-hmm. And those are like with the bottles, you know, of course I will finish it. It drinks this, 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 like yeah. this, aromatics or da da da. Like I would write it, but you know, I give a little bit of like a flexibility to the server in that too. Like all that blurb that they have to remember and yeah. say it is actually in front of the guest already too. Go so ahead, they can ahead, carry ahead. the conversation. I always make it like, try to make it so easy yeah minimize the barriers to get in yeah exactly so like by the time the server goes for the second trip to the table the guest already has an idea of what category they're gonna be into okay okay okay. you know yeah yeah that makes sense oh i don't like drier earthy ones like i am actually looking for something like that soft drinking like the ones on the top right i like you know the apricot skin and like you know the asian (laughs) pear or the like you know stewed strawberries but how do you empower people that are probably buying that would buy sake from the liquor store or the, from a bottle shop? Yeah, um, shop talkers are our best friends. You know, you would make like a little cards oh, next okay, to okay. bottles that like it will say what it the tasting notes. What yeah. it would you can put a lot of like uh, descriptions on it too, but some stores like the description some of them says that the guests don't really need they just want to know what it tastes like you know when it's so large when it's boutique and small there's always someone with them that like you know verve is one of my like newest crush places like in chicago it's this um oh you posted about recently yeah okay okay i have actually the last time i went there within the five days i went there three times and when i walked (laughs) in they were like Dila, you have been here more often than some of our employees, actually, who work here. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. They were like, get to know our team. They were posting, and I'm like, when is my picture coming? Yeah, I'm not kidding. I love it. But, like, really cool, right? Really boutique, fantastic job. And, like, you know, their sums work there and stuff. So, okay. like, those people are hand in hand, and there's enough of them, like, knowledgeable there to make that sale without those notes but like for example like a mitsuwa how many people are going to be able to like cater to you yes, they do have a yes. big sake aisle like especially you don't know anything you would like to and you want to try i it. call you and i'm like tell hey i'm gonna get a sushi platter come over bring sake and you're like shoot what do i pick right yes and most of the time you're not going to be able to find somebody to actually give you the direction for it that's when we create shelf talkers we try to get as creative and like you know for example like we would put where this is from mm. um you know some tasting notes from it and then uh female you know you know president let's say okay oh, okay, okay could be gotcha. or like we could be like everything but like in very short yeah. and sweet because people also don't want to read there they're not there to you. read a book and educate themselves but let's say let's say there is no shop talker right like h- how do you how do you how do you empower where does someone start if they wanted to try to get a start into sake i would i always suggest as fair it is does not sound because like you know when you're when you start wine like i remember i was drinking like a yellowtail pinot noirs you know back in the days and you know 
it's approachable and it's cheap. But sake, because it is like different, so many people are so foreign to it. Unfortunately, you should not go with the cheapest option. Mm. You know, okay, because it's going to be the most driest in general, the most earthier It'll in turn general. You off. Okay, okay, it can turn you off. So, like, okay. I think the Daigin Joes like are the easiest category, knowing that it's fruity and like you know soft and yeah. like more perfumed. Like you can always like want bigger. Right, yeah. and then you're like, okay, this was good, so let me move to the ginjos, or like, you know, or like, I really like, this is too fruity for me, like, you know, I'm a mezcal drinker, like, mm. or you can look like into drier style options, so it's that way. But like, the daiginjos are like, I do have one sake like that I constantly like when I'm in a restaurant, I will be like asking, so what do you like to drink, you know? Yeah, I drink sake here and there. Like, what do you drink? Like, I drink hot sake. I'm like, okay. Like, do you, like, tend to drink in general, like, drier, like, style, like, wines or beverages or, like, more fruity? Oh, drier. And I will give them a glass of daiginjo. Very fruity. Oh, this is good. This is dry. (laughs) I was like... Good, good. <laughs> Happens so often, really? you know. People want to like, they don't want to say that like, yeah, I like fruity things. You know, Let's go back to the lychee martini oh, drinking crowd. Really? They're oh, just going to tell you that, yeah, I can drink the drier ones. Oh, I'm like, get God. over yourself. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that's like, there is one go-to like uh, stylistically, one socket that I would constantly go and I'd be like, is this dry for you or, you know, would yeah. you like something more fruitier? I can always find something more fruitier in that category too, you know, because I don't start with the fruitiest one. I will always start with the most cleanest and the bright one. Just like giving a, somebody a glass of Sancerre. Okay. Who doesn't like Sancerre, right? If, like, that's a crowd pleaser. If you don't like that, okay, then that's... I don't know what Sancerre is. So it's a Sauvignon Blanc oh, grape, right? Okay, okay, okay. Like, a lot of people drink that for, like that reason let's go back to Sauvignon Blanc nobody if they can't make a decision they will go for the Sauvignon Blanc right so that sake is like taka would be one of them for me too like even though it's like it tends to like it will be colder in a restaurant environment so it's bright it's beautiful right it's like a like it almost feels like a wine alike so then I can ask them like so would you rather drink something a little drier or would you like something more fruitier? Yeah. This is a perfect one for me to test somebody. Yeah. So with that, going along with that, there are some that are, that are even carbonated. Mm-hmm. The only one I've probably had like that keeps coming to mind is Mio. And that's the, like, that's the go-to yeah. that, that I probably, but I'm going to obviously experiment now, yeah. but kind of just in general, what happens with sake when you drink it warmed up room temp and then cold? Yeah. And then when you say warmed up, I think you and Justin were saying not boiling, like bef- right before, no. like bo- you know, it's like not even that. Hot. Okay, okay. And you're 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 putting uh, it in another like bottle, like so. Pot of water. A lot of restaurants would have um, a like a hot second machine. Yeah. Right. Oh, hold on, hold on. That one's not going anymore for some reason. All right, sorry guys, technical difficulties. Um. So we were talking. We were breaking down. Warm to room to cold temperature. Yeah. So just like if you overheat something so fast, like, you know, think about microwaving food. Mm. Takes off from like all those like 
aromas right does it ever feel the same like after it's freshly done you're served in the oh, restaurant it's not the same. UK the same thing like because microwave overheats it so fast right like maybe if you put that on the stove to a very low heat mm-hmm. your leftover food it's going to like slowly get back to the temperature it's gonna definitely taste better than microwaving so and all the aromas are even going to be like the juicy it's going to stay maybe like you know if you slow heat it or like think about something cheesy like you just like microwave it so fast the cheese gets so hard right Mm -hmm. so as soon as you take it out of the microwave it's like starts like when it hits to the room temperature it just starts turning like stale hard Mm. it's not and when it comes to maybe this is not even the best example but like once you overheat things so fast it loses its aromas and taste so it's that in the sake too right that's why hot sake is cheap Mm. it's not a category as hot sake but those like there is a rice the amount of like a that you're soaking the rice is actually very critical there's like people that are getting paid just to like watch how long you're soaking that rice because you're trying to like reach out to 30% of its original weight and there's a certain minutes and like seconds that you need to hit right somebody with a whistle is like pull it out so there's a lot that creating that aroma like with the koji mold there's a lot with the yeast that you're doing to give the sake this taste profile Mm. once you heat it overheat it it's going to lose all of those. Everything you worked really hard for is going to go there, right? Mm. So those hot sakes in general, or like not hot sake, those sakes that you would use are like, they will like soak that rice throughout the entire night. They're not trying to make premium sake. That's why it's cheaper. They actually tend to drink better when they're warm, <laughs> when all that like, you know, earthiness is actually it's masked, gone. It's gone. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they they soften up once mm. you warm them up, but that's not what you want to do to boutique sake. There are certain okay. ones that are really good when they're warmed up, not hot. And the best practice to do this is actually getting it to the temperature that you would like it slowly, gradually. Okay. And that's when you would use like a. For example, it's like a bowl, like a, think about a faunus, like what is it called? The round, like a bowl. Yeah. And then this carafe literally like sits in it, right? And it fits there. It's like a bath. Yeah, bath. Exactly. It's a bath. And then like you just put hot water and then you put your carafe and the sake in it and it slowly gets to a certain temperature there's like so many different temperatures when Mm. it comes to like their japanese names and stuff too so uh, you can always like take the temperature actually the way you would like to sell it so you can do it there's like some daiginjos you can do it like you know even though they have like a they we say that they're more floral and stuff there's daiginjos they could be drinking like a bigger bolder and earthier you know some of them fits into that category that it is actually good when Mm -hmm. you warm them up too what i like to do is that when i'm writing the list i like to put a little carafe Mm. like a red sake carafe next to it so it always like once the page is open in front of the guest the server can be like 
you know, those where you see the carafe are actually good to enjoy in different temperatures. I would like to go over them if you're interested, you know. Mm. Or even if the server forgets about that, the guest is always asking, like, yeah. what is this carafe gotcha, next gotcha. to it? So cold sake is very light, very mm. easy to drink in general. It's a, like, you know, just like wine. Think about wine, you know. And, um, and hot sake is like, also like hot I shouldn't say warm sake is also good in certain dishes like you know you always really good with a piece of steak when it's warm mm. you know and when it comes to sparkling sake category too like there's some carbonated sakes and there's some sakes that are made just with the champagne method so the secondary secondary fermentation happens actually inside the bottle oh wow yeah so that is also available out there, you know, and those tend to drink not the fruity sparkling sakes we have that has like carbonation in it. They drink drier, mm. you know, depending okay, okay. on how it's brewed, obviously. But generally, they're not something that's like fruity, easy drinking. Let's slam it, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So Mio is a crowd pleaser. So yeah. like it's so easy, pretty much like you can drink that like it's a soda you know some exactly. pop yeah, yeah 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 but um we do have from miho emada-san um she is actually from hiroshima hiroshima is the um birthplace of like ginjo style sakes oh, too okay. um so much shellfish too so the way she also uses a white koji generally you don't use that so much you would use yellow koji in um sake brewing mm. but she uses and that brings up acidity too so she almost like she makes a pet net mm. you know uh, like a pre-champagne, I would oh, say okay, that. Okay. You know, before and then, um, it it's quite flavorful, but not sweet. Mm. You know, and like while it's still dry, it's wow. so delicious. Oh, yeah, okay. so she does a fantastic job with that sake. Okay, so, yeah, cool. so they're available. Like, That's you know, nice. Yeah, we, now we know kind of like a variety of different you know flavor profiles of sake, and I think it's a good place to start. Yeah. Um. During the pandemic, I noticed that some places started doing to-go cocktails. Mm -hmm. And then some, I, I have a few bartender friends that created Zoom classes Yes. with, with cocktails. Is that here to stay? To-go cocktails? To-go cocktails could be here to stay. Depends on like how the laws form around it, right? Yeah. Like that's something I think you can do in New Orleans. You know, it's it's been available forever. Chicago, Lewis, and like Illinois, the laws on that. I think that like the virtual experiences are here to stay, mm. but not like a lot of people were at home when all those was happening. And I was doing those too. And they were like, they were home. They were watching it. Now people are back to work. So they're not being watched as much, you know? Yeah. So you could create series. You could just get very creative around certain topics that are hot and, you know, try to push it. But I do not think that, like, the Instagram lives, like, for those classes, not even classes, actually, they're not, like, more entertainment, are going to stay more than a year mm. unless something else happens. But I think that the to go cocktails will be here for a while and i'm not against them yeah you know what um what would you like to see what changes would you like to see in the restaurant industry 
Probably the gap between the back of the house pay oh. and the front of the house pay. And that falls on the operator, right? Typically. <sighs> yes and no. You know, it's a it's a big fight. Yeah. I would say. Um, you know, I like. It's so common in like Asian restaurants, especially sushi restaurants. The servers tipping out the sushi bar, sometimes. But then, like you know, because it's custom, like to like the guest, most of the time it's expected—not expected, but like it's it's a cultural thing. Like you know, the guest extends tip, you know. So many many years, it worked that way. Like you would tip out the sushi bar, and then people were like, "Why we're not tipping the kitchen?" Yeah, why we're not <laughs> tipping the kitchen out, you know? And then you're looking at that gap too, and the server is like, "I make the sale." You know, uh, so it's like I work for this experience. I'm like, but they're preparing the food. So there's so much that's happening. But probably that what would have been like very um, fair would be like trying to minimize that gap. Yeah. That, you know, because if they don't cook, you got nothing to sell. Exactly. So in, in both culture and financially. Yeah. Closing that gap. Absolutely. So breaking down the barriers, maybe like pre-shift, have everyone on the same page. One, you're not going to have to repeat yourself and everyone is just like on the same page, right? During that meeting. Um, And then would it be like, would it have to happen where like the front of house takes a slight cut, like a pay cut? So everyone gets to eat or like? Well, it's, here's like the, the tipped employees are also like getting that minimum that like the chefs, like or the line cooks or whoever sushi chefs are when they're not non not tipped they do get a higher pay uh okay two to three times more higher pay oh is it okay than okay. them mm-hmm. yeah but they are making the minimum as servers because we know how much money they could execute from the service and then bring in and then get their tip out that way. It's just way. not guaranteed, you know? It is not, but it's like very customary. So they do make money at the end of the night, you know? like. Is it a custom you'd like to see stay or go? The tip? Yeah. I would like it to stay because like going back to like thinking that how much you want to be and how much you would like to learn and how much you would like to dedicate to hospitality so you should get your reward for it creates it. an incentive yeah like you know if if two people get hired they're both making the same amount of money from the salary one gives a gracious hospitality while the other one is like what would you like to eat mm. should i would just cut that second person out you know yeah so that's that there's so much in that but in that sense what i would like to say like before that even like not even closing like the whole the whole thing i'm not saying but i think a little bit like a more fair pay going for the back of the house would be because sometimes you would see like executive chefs like really good executive chefs and the servers are making more money than them oh for real they're the name of the restaurant oh my goodness yeah they're there they it could happen okay it has happened i have seen it happen you know so of course, you can also be like, oh, it's what they wanted to do. Then they should have become a server or this one, like, cook, become a server. Yeah. Well, you can't cook, really, yeah. you know, but they can cook. So, like, and you can sell, like, you know, how can we Everyone has a role. make it? Yeah, better all together would be the 
bigger like happy picture i would yeah. say yeah i mean would you be a fan of because i got other night we went to the loyalist and like yeah. got a service charge and like i'd yeah. be a fan of that staying yeah like uh when you're doing also the pairing menu it's like more often you do that service charge okay. you know and um it wasn't a pairing menu. We just, it was downstairs, not Smith. It was downstairs. Oh, okay. It was just burgers. Huh. Burgers at the Loyalist. Maybe it's something that they're... But they, um, they, the reason was be, it was because of the uh, low seating, right? Seating. So like pandemic stuff. But yes. I'd be okay if it stayed, you know, if it meant that like everyone was able to go home comfortably. Yeah. That, that would be like a very wishful and like happy picture again. But like when it comes to... Um, the reality i think there will be a lot of people fighting for that you know it like for example in san fran there's a built-in like the the city tax right because uh the restaurants has to pay for some portion of the insurance for the workers Mm. you know and uh, it goes as sf mandate and then out of state people will be like what is this sf mandate and we're like let us remove that for you no way. You can remove it. What? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's legal. To remove it? You can yeah. just take it off? Oh, my God. Yeah, because it's helping the restaurant in order to pay the expenses that they're doing for the service. Like, for example, each person you're working for, like, each hour, I have to put 68 cents as a restaurant to, towards your um, health, SF yeah, health. Yeah, You know? So, you're trying to build it into the check. and You can and and the guest can say I don't want that on my bill. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. I mean, at least I'm telling you, like when I was there, like oh, that's what man. it was. Yeah. If it means someone can get health insurance, yeah, put it on there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, there will be times you would explain, and people will be happily paying that, and sometimes they're like, I don't want to pay that. Oh. Not a problem, you know. Out of your five hundred dollar check, this are you kidding me? Oh my god! We will totally take that out, you know. <laughs> Tiniest thing, but you know, nah, I don't know. There's a thin line. Okay. So much like law okay, <laughs> involved okay, okay. in this. So, okay. but I think that, like, you know, the biggest thing that would make me happy because, as I was saying, how the Donburi ball like passed by me and hit that wall that like the respect on that chef like i'm i never asked i never went and complained to anyone mm. like you know i tried to look further to that yeah you know so i would love to see a little bit more financial love going to the back of the house okay that i can say yeah of course you know of course yeah yeah so definitely cool 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 well, Dila, that's all I had for now. I'm sure we're going to cross paths again, especially with Justin. But I'd love to go on some sake adventures with you yes, one day. absolutely. Um, so thank you for the time. Thank you. Sorry for the technical difficulties. All good. Um, but I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks.